Okay, wait, hold on. Okay, so clearly I cannot do the music for this intro, but there is a song in the works, so you do not have to listen to me sing. Yeah, I just like you too much to have to put you through that. My name is Brandy, and I am trying to embrace gray hairs and resisting the urge to watch You've Got Mail for the 30th time. I run a bookshop on wheels in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and I am thrilled to my toes that you are here today. Okay, friend, you are in for a treat. So today on the Book Truck Chronicles, I will be talking to Carrie Letourneau. She is a thriving mom of three boys, a wife, a wellness junkie, certified nutrition mentor, and lives a life of plaid, adventures, and tacos. I mean, how awesome is she? Carrie and I have met on social media. She brought her boys into the book truck one day. And you know what? She is absolutely delightful. So I cannot wait for you to hear about her and learn more about why she's amazing. So here's my conversation with Carrie. Carrie, I'm so happy that you're here to talk to me. This is a massive, like, bucket list goal check mark, and it is an honor. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And you're right. You just mentioned you are the second guest with the same spelling, C-A-R-I, of your first name. Totally. We are a special breed. There is only a small handful of us, and we are a gift to humanity, I'm sure of it. (laughs) I I just know you are. And you're both inspiring, and, and I just love it. So now tell me a little bit about you, because I know you and I have bumped into each other a couple of times and we've known each other on social media, but can you tell everybody who's listening a little bit about you? Absolutely. Okay, so a little bit of backstory. Um, I am a woman who wears many hats, and I think that many of us could say the same thing. Um, I am a mother of three boys. My husband and I live on an acreage north of Edmonton. Uh, We built our house with our own two hands and are in the process of an addition right now, just because, you know, three kids in one bedroom is like a hilarious joke. (laughs) I am also, it's hilarious. Uh, Like, why did we do that? Anyway, regardless, I am also a teacher. I am actually in my 15th year of being an educator, which is absolutely baffling to have that number roll off my tongue. (laughs) Um, I have also joyfully moved into owning the role of wellness coach through um, a a company that really speaks to who I am and the tools of that company have completely shifted my own mental and physical wellness. And so amongst those things, I also have a passion for photography and I have um, a real love for leadership and, and public speaking. And I mean, like it goes so many directions that I'd like to just show up well in whatever space I'm called to be in and bring the talents that I have to shine in that space. So my journey in motherhood has taken me places I didn't know were even a place to arrive in yet. And um, five years ago, I was in a really rough spot in my mental wellness. I was extremely heavy, heavy hearted, heavy in my mindset. Um, I was not um, in a good space as far as how I responded to people around me. In fact, I was reactive. I was reactive to my husband, to my kids. Um, I was showing up really well for everybody else and for my job and for the students that I taught, but I was not showing up well for myself. From the outside, it looked great, like everything was fine, but it really wasn't. So um, 
I like to say that I had kind of like a plot twist in my story because the things changed and my focus changed and my routines changed, but it wasn't because anybody was telling me I had to do it. It was because I realized I needed to own it and that I was in charge of how to write this story of mine. So there was a lot of learning that happened and, um, and it's been a phenomenal journey and I I'm baffled and and speechless in many moments where I'm like how did I even arrive here but I don't know how to be anywhere else now you know oh yeah and you have been so inspiring to me everything I see on social media you're very honest you're very raw about the struggles the victories the hurdles the tenacity that it takes to really sometimes get from A to B we sometimes think it's a short little thing but what it takes and what it asks of you is real. And I I love how honest you are about that. You don't try to pretend that it's just a hurdle. Totally. And that's been my goal because I know that there's a lot of highlight reel when it comes to social media. Um, And there's a lot of only talking about what's pretty and beautiful and rainbows and butterflies. And the reality is, is like, it's not all that perfect all the time. I never considered myself a great writer as a student. Um, I was always like jealous of certain peers in my grade that were like rocking these stories of, you know, really fancy intros and these really well-developed characters. And, and I was like, I don't know how to write like that. But I've realized by the feedback that I've gotten in how I write what I share on social media and how I speak in my stories and, and such that people are like, dang, Carrie, like you've somehow in my delivery, like I'm getting my message across. And I, I actually was talking to my husband about that and saying like, you know what, my, my posts have become my live diary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lessons and yeah. And like, looking at a situation and going, okay, what is this meant to teach me here? What's, what's the lesson here and how can I reflect on this and hopefully show some other woman, mother, generational sister, someone out there needs to also know that there's a lesson perhaps that they can pull from my straw also, you know? Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Yeah. Cause my, like it's, it's become apparent to me that my real mission is now to just be, I want to be a beacon for other women, not necessarily just the young moms or the women in the trenches of raising kiddos, but like to all women, I want to be a beacon of wellness. And um, that's imperfect. You know? Oh, absolutely. That's real. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there's a lot of ingredients to the recipe of discovering your own version of wellness. And as long as we're willing to do the work, then we'll discover things we didn't know that we needed. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And you're right. So many of us do put a lot of effort into making sure that whatever we put out on social media is shiny and happy and perfect and so edited and so photoshopped and and unreal that we wouldn't even recognize it if we saw it ourselves. 100%. And I think that that's just so ridiculous. I mean, who yeah. can live up to that? And who wants to? It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. and, and- I think like no wonder there's that there's mothers and women in the four walls of the various homes throughout the world that are struggling to like show up well anywhere because it's like there's this comparison line that 
we might we might not even be aware of but if you can find people that you invite into your feed that you invite to be a part of your because really we're in charge of what our scroll is mm-hmm. we are the dictators of of who stays and who goes in our feeds and if and and you know i often have heard you know like you can un- just unfollow the people and i think sometimes when you're in it and you're in the comparison mode, you're not even actually sure who to unfollow because you're not even aware of where the negative energy is coming from sometimes. I've often thought for sure that if um, if I'm following somebody and I'm reading their things and just as a general self-awareness, if I feel less worthy, less satisfied, if I feel um, smaller in comparison to that person, I stop following them. Not that they're not that they're not great or they're not doing some magnificent things, but it's how I feel and then what I take away when I leave that. And I, yeah. I you're absolutely right. We have full control of what we what we follow, what we take in. It's just like our food. You take in things on social media or anywhere else, it goes mm-hmm. into your brain, into your eyes, and you internalize it. Exactly. It's up to us. If we aren't intentional and focused, something will always steal our attention. Mm-hmm. If you have a desire to fuel your body better, it's like taking um, taking a class and relearning that skill of how to eat properly. And if you want to have a relationship or a marriage or your interactions with your peers to be more energized and positive, you have to put focus and intention there. Absolutely. You know, it's like reconnecting to how you felt and responded when the relationship was fresh and new and shiny and exciting. And if you have a desire to show up well for others, you have to be intentional and focused to also show up well for yourself. Preach it. I love it. Right? Those are the things. And that's the, those are the words. Like I can't say my um, colleagues of mine, they're, they're like, man, you just, this just comes to you like snap, snap, snap. I'm like, I'm speaking from a spot that's pretty real. uh, So I don't feel like I'm, I'm not making it up. It doesn't sound artificial. When you say these things, no, because it's I, not. I can tell this is who you are. And if and if there's anything that I want people to be encouraged to do is be more themselves and less of who you think somebody else wants you to be. Yeah. And that's even that's even within our relationships with our brothers and sisters and our families and our spouses and our partners in life, whoever that is for you. We need to show up more of ourselves instead of wanting to be impressioning. This is not a show. No, it's not. You if know, it is, I just want to change the channel. This is not right. Me. I'm like not dressed properly for this show. If this is a <laughs> <No>. show, <laughs> not at all. I am not fancy yep. enough for this gig. <laughs> yeah, Carrie, you have been very honest about your dedication so far and about putting in the effort to have a body that is strong and able to keep up with the pace of a busy life. Mm-hmm. So, what does a typical day look like for you? Okay, this is, I'll paint you a picture. So, yeah. Ready? Ready. Um, my, my day starts really early, um, and it's a practice that I can say became real for me hmm, about two and a half years ago. And so about halfway through my big shift of routine that this became what stuck. And, and it was an, actually inspired by a book that got me to this place. So my alarm clock goes off at 4.45 in the morning, which sounds like the most god-awful time to most human beings. With the season that I'm in with, and my oldest is turning nine on Friday, on the 24th, and my youngest is three, I don't have a lot of time that is my own. Every mother out there is like, yep, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, I get it. So I intentionally wake up before 
everybody in my house on purpose because I need time. I need uninterrupted time. We all do. We all need time actually to ourselves. But in this current season, there's too many variables at the end of my day to guarantee that I'm going to get that time. I can control how I start my day. I can't always control how my day ends. Uh, My 445 alarm goes off. By five o'clock in the morning, I am sitting at my table where I've laid out my morning routine of setting some intentions. I have a bit of a gratefulness practice. It's goal setting, reviewing my goals and, and writing out the to-do list for the day and like getting it out on paper and getting it, getting it out of my head and reconnecting with what I need to accomplish for the day. Mm-hmm. As soon as that's done and I get my exercise gear on, I have my pre-workout and I dive into an at-home workout for at least half an hour for that physiological change that exercise provides, <laughs> you know, um, there's power and movement at the beginning of our day. And then it's shower, get kids ready, get them on the bus. And um, once the, my two big ones are off on the bus, it's prep my little one, get him to the day home and get myself to work. I have a pretty unique role right now. I'm actually the early learning technology coach for the department. So I support teachers and our support system so like our occupational therapists our speech and language pathologists all those people that are part of early learning classrooms to kind of support kids to get their toolboxes filled i support them and how to integrate technology into their programming and so i have a really unique role where i'm actually not in the classroom right now as a teacher which is a gift in this current season with young kids at home and i work that job all day and then on my way home i switch hats back to mom hat (laughs) <laughs> and from 5 until 7.30, 8.30 at night, I'm rocking supper and dishes and laundry and reading with my kids and doing the spelling practices and being present to them as much and best as we can. And it's a bit of a tornado most nights. And then bedtime happens and it's like, holy crow, we made it through another day, you know? And it, that's kind of wash, rinse, repeat cycle on a daily basis with some little bit of variances to it, but I do get up intentionally earlier in the day. It's important to me to maintain that routine, even if there's a bit of chaos dancing around me. It helps me to show up better for my for all my people. I love that chaos dancing around you. All the moms right now are like, yes, I know yes, that term. Right? <laughs> exactly. I love the, the word calm in the chaos. Finding yes. calm in the chaos. And I actually bought a shirt that said um, that says chaos coordinator on it. I, it felt oh, right. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> well, right. And you had mentioned too, that part of your morning routine was because of a book. What was that book? Mm-hmm. Um, there was the one that was the big push for me is called uh, the morning, the miracle morning by Hal Elrod. Fantastic, fantastic book about much of the high performers of the world have this morning routine moments of thanksgiving there was there's five things i'm going to do a really shoddy job at trying to regurgitate them but exercise is part of it um gratefulness the other one for me though was the five second rule by mel robbins oh i've heard of this it's fantastic she's the strategy is not complex in fact it's kind of hilarious because it's so simple but when you hear your alarm go off you need to engage the five second rule or and when you make any decision actually. And mm-hmm. after I read it, I started executing it in more situations than just my alarm going off in the morning. But you literally go five, four, three, two, one, lift off and you get up and move. You literally respond in five seconds. It's like, it's not 
hit the snooze for five more minutes and chill. Yeah. yeah no, and I for can't some it's either. like no, and and for some it's like needing to put their alarm in their bathroom. So you physically have to get out of your bed to go turn the darn thing off. But I have even had even executed this uh, that five second rule, because I mean, just like any other human being, I have fears or things that I'm not really all that excited to go and do. It's a prompt, a prompt to move. And so the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod and the five second rule by Mel Robbins were part of a shift for me that really encouraged me to, instead of feeling irritated that I didn't get time till the end of the day, to move my time to the beginning of the day. So I was like, check me off first, and then go. I'm going to be honest, full-fledged reconciliation here is that um, I am not a great reader. And what I mean by that is, is I consider myself more a listener than a reader. And the reason why is because I don't, I get, again, I don't have a lot of time to really sit with a book. And I feel like a book deserves, it's like a ritual, a book, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. like make the tea, get the blanket, Make sure that the lighting is just perfect or be in your bed. (laughs) Like there's like an ambiance around a physical book in your hand that a book deserves. I struggle to make that happen. Yeah. But, you know, so I realized that when I became a coach, much of what is encouraged is personal development. And so I was like, I got to get real creative about how this is going to happen because like this is almost laughable. So I started grasping to audiobooks and podcasts. Nice. And I realized that like I had this space in my day because I have a wicked long commute and it is actually like this present with a bow that is plaid because that's what I love. And it's like, it is this perfect gift of time that I started filling with audiobooks and podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I, it became like, it became like church while I drove pausing and like Siri was helping to annotate things while I was driving so that I was like, this is so powerful. And, and it is much of what started to uh, fuel what I was, what I'm sharing because it's like, I was having these so many aha moments while I was driving, listening to these books that I would never otherwise read because I was thinking that I needed to have these perfect conditions to have a book in my hand. Oh, yeah. No. And you know what, Carrie, there's seriously no confession required. Because even if you don't sit there with that ambiance and the paper book and the tea and the whole thing, it doesn't matter. Reading now looks so different. I love audiobooks too. And my time in my vehicle with my books and my podcast is also very, very special. I value it highly. And it's not the same as a paper book, but I also don't expect it to be the same. So it it does not matter. It has different qualifications around it, which I think is what I love the most. Through this journey, it was almost like I became ready to be a reader again in this season because I grew up in a house of teachers. There was books everywhere. My mom and dad are are both retired principals from Edmonton Catholic schools. They loved, actually, I shouldn't say they loved to read. My mom loved to perform books. We had Uh like readers, we had readers theater happening in my house growing up and it was like it was so beautiful and like my mom would take you know any any child's children's lit book and it would become this adventure we I remember reading Amelia Bedelia 
sitting on my mama's bed and we would like read a couple pages or a chapter every once in a while. But my, again, my mom was reading to me. Literally, she was my audiobook. You know? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that crazy? I'm oh, having this that's... realization right now. Like my mom was my audiobook. She, yes. I, I read more in, in community than I did on my own. Because so you already was... have a history of loving the listening because yes. there's so much history and, and beautiful memories attached. 100%. That is exactly that's... it. So that's and perfect. So, yeah. So like the funny thing, the funny thing is like my mom was like, Carrie, you, you need to listen to Brené Brown. Ah. And like if anybody who's anybody and you don't know who Brené Brown is, please go look oh, her up. Yeah. But like She's my amazing. mom was like, Carrie, you need to listen to Brené Brown for like years. And then I was like, not, I don't have time to listen or to read or whatever. Like I, again, I was holding onto this book, light tea thing around the book. <laughs> sure. And um, the first audio book I purchased was Rising Strong by Brené Brown. Good And choice. I remember getting, and it was very timely because I feel like books show up in your life when you need them. I feel like the topics that authors are sharing are going to speak to you when you're ready to listen also. So I was ready for Brene Brown. I got that book. It was exactly the message I needed of, about vulnerability and showing up in the arena and being who I am. It was the kickstart of my personal development adventure. And it was all about developing self first. My library quickly grew in my audiobook list. And I moved from like self-help kind of books like Brené Brown to leadership books because then all of a sudden I was growing a team and I had people responding to what I was sharing on social media. And I realized like, I want to lead more people to, to have this healthy lifestyle. Books like Grit. And, oh, um, I love that one. Yeah. And uh, what's it? Duckworth, Angela Duckworth, I think. Angela her name Duckworth. Is. Yeah. And um, hey, I... Can I also say I get points for you being able to say the author because like this is a new carry that you're getting right now because yeah. I couldn't do that. Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, you know, the Rachel Hollis showed up at about that time. But I moved past Rachel. I, I love Rachel Hollis and I love what she's about and she's all the vulnerability that I'm all about. But I was reaching even more for for leadership stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, the 12-week year with, with – um, goal setting, just the whole clarity piece. I became a student again through books, relearning who I was, just becoming clear on who I wanted to be as a leader. It just didn't stop and it's still going. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm leaning on to podcasts by Brennan Burchard, Ed Milet, and getting some. Oh yeah, Ed Milet's really good. Really good. You know, um, we, we've listened to some of Tony Robbins stuff and I mean, and he's been around for like my entire life, I think he was even bigger in the 80s when I was born. You know, I just feel like I've gone through this evolution as a as a consumer of literature, from going from needing to work on self to then working on my leadership. And now I feel like I've moved into this season of wanting to work on my relationship. Last year, every year I choose a word as my, like my focus for the year. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and last year, my word was intentional. My, it was my year of intention. I wanted to be intentional about how I ate. I wanted to be extra intentional and focused on how I moved my body. 
I wanted to be extra intentional and aware of my marriage because let's be real in the season of raising kids, it's very easy to get disconnected from your spouse. Very oh, easy. totally. Right? A book called Love Unending by Becky Thompson. Her books are like, yes, sister. And this is like <laughs> rediscovering your marriage in the midst of motherhood. And it was set up as like a 21 day devotional. So every yep. day there was about two or three pages of like reading. And then there was a challenge, uh, a thematic challenge for the day. And then a bit of a prayer piece. Mm-hmm. And then a reflection that you would do at the end of the day. But, you know, how did you do? How did you show up for your husband in, in the ways? One of the ones was greet lovingly, where it was like the first challenge was to remember how you used to greet each other when you first started dating and how you literally would jump off the couch and like couldn't wait to see your spouse. And now it's like, okay, we're, you know, 15 years of being in relationship with each other. And I can sometimes forget to turn from the sink, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Seriously. Right. So I was like, this book just resonated. And so it actually has become, because it was, um, it, it was laid out in a way that was like just little bites that I could go through on a daily basis, I was able to actually weave this book into my morning routine. So I actually held a book with pages and text on it that I actually turned pages in and underlined things. I actually read this book from cover to cover and with my own voice speaking to me through it mm-hmm. instead of somebody else's. So it was, it's been pretty phenomenal. And um, I just got her next one for me is called Hope Unfolding, Grace-Filled Truth for the Mother's Heart, because my word for 2020 is grace. This is going to be my year of grace. Grace for myself, grace towards others, grace towards our, you know, to be able to receive grace and and share grace with those that I share life with. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's been kind of an evolution in the world of personal growth and those things that stand out to me, you know? Well, and I think that you, you really hit on something there too, because I think we often think of reading or whatever as locked into one stereotypical format. Like if I've done it this way, it always has to be done that way. And there is a little Mm -hmm. bit of guilt or whatnot. And it's, it's funny people come into the truck sometimes and they, they do make confessions to me. Oh, I don't read so much anymore. I just, I'm like, Hey, I, I'm not punishing anybody. Like it's totally fine. But I yeah. think that, but you're, you're giving a really good example of saying how books and words and inspiration and stories can come to you and make an impact on your life can happen in so many different ways. And if you're open to it, then you can just receive exactly what you're supposed to get at that time. And it is brilliant to say, I'm just open to to take whatever. If it's an audio, if it is somebody reading out loud to me, if it is a book with text in front of me, whatever it is, bring it on. Exactly. And I think that's the thing I have to keep reminding myself now that I have growing readers in my four walls. I have young children learning to read. And I'm not their teacher. I'm their mom. Mm-hmm. And I've been the teacher. I've taught many students how to read. My one grade two class is now in grade 10. My, wow. But I taught those kids I taught those kids how to read. Wow. And now I think like I just want to be an example of having joy in reading. Just like mm-hmm. my mom had for us as three daughters. And she truly, the books came to life. There's a lot of, 
like this is my personal opinion. Um, there's a lot of benchmarking when it comes to growing readers uh, that we have to be at a certain level at a certain age. And there has to be a certain certain amount of words being able to said with certain fluency and so much comprehension. And yes, all of those things are important. I 100% agree. But my greatest goal with my own children and to encourage my colleagues to have and other parents out there that will hear this is to keep the energy around reading and around interacting with words. Keep it positive. Keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Keep it imaginative and keep it full of joy because you don't want reading to become work. Right. Right? Like it's going to be work, but I mean, you can take a book that comes home from school and bring it to life. We can take the hard words out of it and write it with dry erase marker on the windows. We Mm -hmm. can, you know, we can get creative about how we interact with text with our children. And it is important. And we don't read nightly here because we don't have a lot of time. But I also know how important that time is and for them to see me as a reader also. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the season that I'm in with my own kids and the, the perspective shift that I'm feeling now as their mother, instead of just their the teacher of the children yeah, because for sure. so many parents entrusted their children to me for their best waking hour to teach them all the things. I'm still these boys' mom and mm-hmm. I need to be the one to bring stories to life and to keep the learner full of joy. Definitely. And I mean, most of us too have gone through the experience where we were in school and we were taking, whether it was a language arts class or an English class, and we were, we were told that we had to read these certain books and it was a forced upon us read because we needed to pass. And they weren't books we chose and it became a chore. It became a have to read rather than a want to read. And for a lot of people that can just suck the joy right out of it. And I I get so many people who say, oh, I just don't read for fun anymore because, you know, school ruined me. And I think, okay, okay. So how can we find something that just makes you feel happy? Any, it can be any little thing. I don't care if it's an Archie comic book or a romance novel, or it doesn't even matter. But if you find something that makes you happy and you kind of get reminded that Books and happiness and stories, whether it's inspirational books or self-help, history, I don't even care what you read. It doesn't matter. But however you get those, if those are going to add to your life. So their goal is never to take things away from you, which I think the whole idea, what you're saying about how if books can be a chore for kids, especially, we do not want that. Like if there's some way that we can make them feel as if this is a treasure, this is a treat, then they'll want more of it. Yeah, we just need to keep the energy around reading with our young people positive and allow them and encourage them to read for fun instead of just for work. Oh, right? definitely. Definitely. And that's that's a that's a hard hard thing when when we're all so concerned or so aware of there being a deficiency or um like my middle son is not the strongest reader or speller, but I'm like, you know what? He will read. He will spell. <laughs> It's kind of like every baby will walk. Yep. You know, you're not going to be 35 and crawling. You're going to, you're going to walk. That's right. It might not be at the same time as, as this person standing beside you. I think that whole comparison thing that we were talking about at the beginning with social media stuff, there's a lot of comparison that happens with our children that we need to also be aware of 
because oh, it's dreadful. It's awful. And, and I, and I see it with my own children and it breaks my heart. I want to stand in all my vulnerability, in all my honesty, and to tell them when I'm failing and to be an example of someone who can pick up and, and do the hard work of, of rising above whatever the thing is and not allowing so-and-so to dictate how I feel because I get to be in charge of that. You know, I'm trying to instill in my boys that they get to decide how they feel about the work. It can be a pain in the butt. Totally. We can loathe it. Or, or we can go, hey, we're going to get this done super fast. We're going to make it fun. Let's figure it out. And they'll be over. Finished. Oh, that's a good one. All yes, about how we show up. And, and showing up sometimes is not an option. So it doesn't matter how you feel. I used to tell my kids this and they used to get so frustrated with me. It doesn't matter how you feel about the task. The task yeah. has to get done. So totally. you can choose to be miserable about it or you could choose to say, okay, boom, let's just, let's just sucker through this. Now, yep. maybe you don't really love it. Maybe you're lying. To, I don't care if you're lying to yourself and you're just trying to get it done. You know what? Getting it done is the goal. And sometimes as an adult, I realize there's a lot of things I do now. Nobody asks me how I'm feeling about it. I just nope. have to do it. You can hate exercising. The amount of people that tell me I just hate exercising. And I'm like, you think I'd like it? You think I really <laughs> enjoy doing burpees at five in the morning? You really think I enjoy that? No, but I know that if I want to change my physical person, I have to do something differently today than I was doing yesterday. Yep. So I show up and I know that there is some sort of magic sparkle in sweat that changes how I feel and how I respond to my people. So I do it. I want to eat all the things. I eat all the things, but I also know when to stop when it doesn't serve me. Exactly. There are things that are worth chewing and there are things that are worth saying no to. I am... 100% on board with saying yes to taking care of myself. And that means I'm not eating the craft dinner and we're not buying the food that doesn't serve us anymore. Well, and you, you said before that what you wanted to be is a beacon of wellness. Totally. And I think that sometimes it's hard when you're in it and you're the yeah. one shining, you don't see the light on yourself, right? Because it's outwards. But totally. let me tell you, anybody who's looking at your posts or who knows you or who runs into you or sees the things that you write or take pictures of, it is evident. You are very much a beacon of, if you do this, the next thing will come. And you are going to be strong and we're going to do this together. Like you're very optimistic, but you're not unrealistic. Some people who have that, the cheerleader mentality where yeah. it's all very shiny and happy. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not buying that. But yeah, when totally. you talk about things and when you actually model it and show the videos, it is so engaging. And if any of you are hearing this and you haven't seen any of Carrie's stuff, you've got to go and see her stuff because she will make you want to get up and do burpees at five in the morning. And I got to admit, okay, no, I have said in the past, if you see me running, then you should run too because I am running from something. Because <laughs> there's a bear coming. Yeah, this is this is not a body made for long distance or for speed, but I am motivated to do something besides just sit here and talk about it. Totally. So, That's um, the thing, right? Yeah. And when I watch you and I, I hear you talk about how, you know, five years before you didn't like who you were and what you're putting out in the world, you took steps to make it different. Yes. And I so admire that. So I just want to say, I know you want to be a beacon of wellness, but honey, you already are. You are I rocking it. That. I appreciate that. And if, yeah, if you want to come and find me, I'll 
put it in the show notes or something. And it's my mind and body balance on Facebook or mind underscore body balance on Instagram. I'd be honored to share my bits of life with whoever comes into my feed. I just want to encourage the people out there that like, it's small actions that add up to big results. And I can guarantee my consistency. And like Brandy, your your version of wellness is going to look different than mine because we're two different women with two different stories. But right. as long as we can encourage each other to move your body, eat well, fill your brain with good stuff, connect mm-hmm. with a good community of women, and like have a sisterhood. And also show up well in the relationships that you're called to be in. If we can do those things, that's And that's a win. To. That's a win. Yeah. You, you are, you are a winner and you're motivating us to win a little more every day by making better decisions, stronger decisions, healthier decisions. And I'm, I'm just, I salute you, my friend. I think you're doing awesome. Thank you. And I appreciate it. And I can promise you, I will still be here five years from now because I'm not going anywhere, girl. (laughs) Oh, I know you're not. I am not worried one bit. So you've just said where people can find you, right? At Mind Body Balance. Awesome. Well, yes. I will definitely put the link to all of the places where they can get a hold of you in the show notes. Okay. And is there is there anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, just a huge thank you to you for also being an example of somebody who had a dream and ran for it. It's It's been a, an absolute honor to watch your dream become reality and to have, have that as an example for so many people that it's never too late to do something different to change channels in your adventure and to turn the page in your own story. It's been an honor to share my own as I've learned and discovered things along this path. And um, the hiccups are going to show up in the book truck. But you just keep rolling, sister, because they're just speed bumps. Oh, thanks, Carrie. That means so much to me. I really appreciate that. It's awesome. And now it's time for the business bar. Today at the business bar, I am sitting down and I'm having an Earl Grey tea latte. It is kind of blistery and yucky outside and this just warms me up. Okay, so what I want to discuss today is how to build certain disciplines into your business. One thing that I have done that I've had an awful lot of comments on is what I call the social media Sabbath. Now every Friday, I post a picture of my dog, Mr. Benson, And I comment about how this is a day that I'm going screen free. I'm doing no more social media today. I'm not checking anything. I'm not replying to anything. I am focusing on all the other things that are important in my life. My people, my relaxation, my self-care, the playfulness, my reading life, all of those things. Because if you don't take time as an entrepreneur for these things, it will not be made for you by anybody else. You are in charge of your schedule. On social media Sabbath Fridays, I set up a post ahead of time on Hootsuite, which is a really great scheduling app for social media. I schedule my posts for Friday, so on Friday it comes out automatically. I don't have to check anything, I don't have to worry about it. And then people have pretty much learned, oh, on Fridays I won't send you a DM because you're not going to get back to me right away. It's been really, really awesome. It's a day that I know I don't have to worry about anything. I can just sit and relax and do the things that are good for me for a day. And it is so healthy to take those disciplines. Because let's be honest, how important do I really think I am anyway? The world is not going to stop. There are no bookish emergencies on Fridays. So if I take a break and I just say no to social media for 24 hours, the world will keep spinning. 
right? We are not so desperate that we have to say, okay, I have to be on and available all the time. No, you do not. You absolutely can take time for you and do the things that are important for you so you can stay healthy and focused for the things that really matter. For me, that is my self-care time, my rest, my playing, my dog, my people. It is awesome. I look very forward to Fridays. So as an entrepreneur, you have to be disciplined. You have to take steps to say, I'm going to schedule these things and be very, very intentional. That is where success comes from. Success does not come by accident. It comes with intent and follow through. So I put on social media and it holds me accountable. So there you go. That is one way that I can have discipline in my life. Social media Sabbath Fridays, which I'm also calling offline Fridays. So that's it. We don't have to be on social media every day of the week, you guys. You just don't. The world will keep spinning and you can have time to do the things that you really want to do in real time with real humans face to face, make eyeball contact. It's pretty sweet. So how will you take steps to add discipline to your business? I would love to hear about it. Send me an email, a DM, a message anytime at daisychainbook.co. Send me an email. All the information is in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. Today's episode of the Book Truck Chronicles has been brought to you by women who have guests over and resist the urge to say, sorry about the mess, because they are more grateful to see you than they are concerned about making things look perfect. I salute you. Well, friend, thanks for spending time with me today. As always, keep in mind the book truck life is not just about books, it is also a business. A business that you are in charge of and you can be disciplined about because, well, you're the boss. So no matter what your business is, shine a light of humor, kindness, and compassion in everything you do. Be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. Until next time, friends, happy reading!